I'm Rekhard van der Baer. And I'm Duncan McLeod. Talk Central, episode 213, for the weekend starting 6 April 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Huawei's new phones. Also this week, should we have unfettered spectrum trading in South Africa MTN, and MTN's unbelievable diesel consumption? You won't believe these numbers, Rekhard. It's Friday, but it's the start of a week, and that means time to talk lots of tech. Well, welcome to the show. How's it going, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? Very good, very good, thanks. So there's lots to talk about today, including uh, the launch of the Huawei P20 and P20 Pro uh, smartphones. We were both at that launch last night. Yeah. It was, um, it was, uh, it, it is an impressive, impressive device. But we'll talk about that in some detail during the show today. But Rehat, you are making progress with your system build. You are building. For anyone who missed the show last week, you are building a pretty fancy rig there, and. Um, well, a variety of rigs. It's called a Frankenstein. Um, I've got some Intel AMD Ryzen chips. I've got the range from the i3. I've got the brand new 2200G chip. Uh, and I'm, the main one that I'm running on that rig behind me is uh, the i7. I'm going to swap out with the, the entry-level chips over the weekend do some more benchmarks. Um, but yeah, for now, I'm running that AMD with uh, MSI GeForce GTX 1070, which, as you know, is this new kind of competitive to the 1080 in terms of pricing. Mm. You know, just dropping the performance in the cores a little bit, or, or the amount of cores a little bit. Um, yes, you're using the 1070 but, Ti, which is a very, very uh, good value for money. I think those cards cost in the region of seven or 8,000 rand, so they're quite expensive still. They're full pricey, but mm. it's cheaper than the 1080 top of the range yeah, card. Yeah, yeah, the 1080 Ti. miners love these cards because they give you more bang for your buck, and you can still get a lot of processing out of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The 1080 Ti's are, I think, with the shortage of graphics cards, the retailers are pushing them up to around the sixteen to eighteen thousand rand mark at the moment, which is, which is just insane, just insane. Yeah, yeah. For a graphics card, and those aren't even the top end. I mean, they do the Titan V graphics cards, and they do some other high end systems. Which, uh, if, if you go for those really top end ones, which aren't really designed for gaming, to be honest, they're more designed for artificial intelligence and that sort of thing. You're looking at. Um, you're looking at you could you could easily blow 100k on a graphics card. Yeah, it's scary, and you know I kind of cried a little cried a little the other day when I was going through some of my old components. I found a, a old ATR radio on X800, uh, it's pretty high end back in the day. I also got a few old GeForce cards lying around. Mm -hmm. um, I actually want to mount them on my wall, but those were top of the range cards. It also cost about eight grand back in the day, and they're useless now. Yes. I mean, I guess it's a value that you attach to the card and how badly you want to play games or mine. Yes. But the machines I'm building is, is aimed at kind of the mid-range stuff. It's not, um, there will be some high-end components in it that I'm testing and then obviously it'll just be review units um, for those purposes. But I'm, I'm trying to build machines that's kind of, you know, best performance that won't break the bank. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, that's a sweet spot. But if, uh, we should actually get into the quiz now, but just one more thing on that system build. Hmm. One thing that's really been impressing me is something called M.2 memory. Now, I've only recently got back into the component market, and this was completely new to me, so I didn't even know that this existed up until about a month ago. And it's essentially uh, SSD memory or SSD hard drive and SSD hard drive that plugs directly into a PCI Express slot. So it's even faster than a SATA-based uh, SSD drive because you plug in straight into that channel. 
Um, they are pretty pricey. I haven't received the price on this, but we're talking about a few grand for P56 drive. They, it's certainly part of the top end um, components you can buy. But the performance you get from these things is absolutely incredible. M- so, M- M- NVMe drives, they are super fast. Um, but you're right, the prices are very high. I've no doubt they'll come down in time and, uh, and, and start to, to, to rival regular SSDs. But yeah. if you've got yeah. one of those in your machine, you are very fortunate. I'm getting another one next week, so I'm going to be doing some more comparisons, but this is what I'm playing with now. Like I said, I don't have the pricing yet. These things are pretty new. Yeah. But, yeah, wow, what performance. Um, and also, if you look at it, you probably can't see my machine back there, but what it allows you to do is also eliminate all the cables because now you don't have a hard drive cable. All the other cables are hidden behind the, the, the chassis. So, you know, yes. it's a PC if yes. you can afford that type of Yes, and, and Rechard, of course, keeps referring to the PC behind him. I should mention uh, that uh, this is our first ever broadcast of this podcast on YouTube. Um, we've uh, had quite a few technical challenges. It's taken us about an hour to get, to get <laughs> to the line. Um, but it's, uh, it's good fun, and um, uh, we're going to do more of these. Uh, I don't know if we'll publish the YouTube video on Tech Central just yet. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how bad it is after we finished recording, but we are available through our usual channels, including live streaming on Spreaker, and of course, we'll publish the podcast on Tech Central, which will be distributed through our partners, Iona.fm. Um, but it's exciting to play with all this new, these new toys and new technology. I'm quite excited about live streaming, Rachat, and uh, it's... Uh, we finally have the fiber connections to do it. We have the fiber to do it, indeed, indeed. Long, it's, been, it's been a long time coming, these, uh, these videos, yeah. you know. Yeah, we, we wouldn't be able to do this on DSL, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, let's do our quiz, Rechard. Do you want to do the first question? Certainly. Why has the US President Donald Trump been attacking Amazon.com? Well, officially, anyway. Yes, we'll talk about that in the show as well. Now, former Dimension Data CEO Brett Dawson has pumped 10 million rand into which social media startup? Third question. Which music streaming company listed in the, in the New York this week? Easy one there. And uh, the fourth question, which were the top-selling premium smartphone brands in South Africa in the fourth quarter of 2017, according to GFK data? And we're looking for the top three in order. And the last question, Energy Minister Jeff Redebe this week signed agreements with how many independent power producers getting South Africa's renewable energy program back on track? As always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. But let's uh, let's dive into this week's uh, tech news. And let's start by talking about Huawei. I know we spoke about them on the show last week. But last night in, in Johannesburg, they officially took the wraps off the P20 and P20 Pro smartphones. And I must say, I'm quite impressed. Rechard, you uh, were there as well. You had a chance to have a look at these phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? Look, I never thought I would look at a Huawei phone and say, wow, this is something I could spend my money on. And last night, for the first time, I kind of saw that with these new devices. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of massive smartphones. I mean, I do have the Android that I'm using, and I love it. But that thing just it, it felt quite big in the hand, and I'm sure there's a massive market out there, but I'm looking for something I can put in my pocket very quickly. But that camera with the Leica um, integration is, is very appealing. Um, yeah, the P20 is opinion about the size of the thing aside. You know, I think you know that screen, the quality of that screen, um, very battery smooth kind mm. of uh, resolution. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of but yeah. The P20 might appeal to you in in terms of size. It's in the P20 Pro is a much bigger device. I think it has a 6.1 inch screen, so it's just ever so slightly smaller than a Samsung Galaxy S8 or S9 Plus. Um, I'm not used to it, but yeah. it, it's beautiful. I mean, to, I mean mm. the media consumption, I'm just reading 
emails and web pages. It's, it's a different thing on, on a screen like that. For sure, for sure. Um, I only had a few minutes to play with the P20 Pro, and I must say, uh, it's the first time I'm actually giving serious thought to getting a, um, a, a Huawei on my next con contract upgrade. I must say that um, that P20 Pro is very, very impressive, and the camera system, with just given the couple of minutes that I had with it, was was impressive. Uh, it's using the built-in um, artificial intelligence chip uh, to do all sorts of interesting things. I took a photo of you, Rahat, at the uh, event last night in quite low light conditions, and um, it it was um, the quality was excellent, and I loved the way it it created almost a I think they call it a bokeh effect. Um, yeah. with, a, with a bit of, um, it creates a depth effect in the image with a, with a bit of, um, what do you call it, um, with the background softly out of focus. Um, it, it recognized you instantly as a human being and, and, and then applied this bokeh effect in the background, which I thought was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, look, they were going on about the AI chip, and I, I, haven't played a, I haven't played with the phone enough and really put the thing through its pace to really understand how deep it can go. But mm. from what I understand, is basically there's just a lot more processing behind the photographs now. And I can see a lot of, I mean, a lot of guys have been doing it in the past and I can see a lot more of this happening in the future where there's a dedicated processing chip, an AI chip that can intelligently detect these things. Like you said, it can detect the kind of subject you're shooting. But then beyond that, really making that photograph so that any can, anybody can become a pro photographer. I mean, it, it basically tells you how to align a shot, you know, how to frame it correctly if it, if it thinks that you're not optimally framing it. Mm. I mean, that's pretty intelligent stuff. Um, no, I mean, I guess not unheard of in this day and age, but it's pretty interesting to see that in the phone. Um, and it's something that's truly mainstream now. Yes. I mean, at 40 megapixels, I would love to see what that looks like blown up on a big billboard. Yeah. With the right kind of algorithms and processing around it, there's nothing stopping, stopping them from, from you know, creating this archive that really makes better photographers if it does everything as perfect as what they claim it can Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I'm, I, you're much more of a camera geek than I am, Rehat, and uh, this thing's got three Leica lenses on the back. It's got a 40 megapixel um, sensor, um, which is full yeah. color. Then has it. Sorry, what's that? 40 megapixels, that's massive. That's a lot for a cell phone camera. Probably yeah. more than anybody needs. But Yeah, I mean, this takes us back to the days of the Nokia Lumia. What was it called? There, there was a Lumia with a very high-end, high megapixel. It or something. It was a bit more. I think it was 43 in that, in that Lumia model. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was massive. Um, and then it's got a 20 megapixel as well, which I think is a black and white camera, right? Uh, yes, I actually don't know that. Um, but... The fact that they've got so so much so much so many megapixels to throw at a photograph yes. with that intelligent chip, I think you know you don't you're never going to use that full forty megapixels as an image if you push out. But yeah. with all that headroom in terms of pixels and uh, image data with that AI chip, I think that's what makes them uh, what what allows them to deliver those interesting type of shots. Yeah. You know, and incredible how quickly they brought these phones into the South African market. I mean, the launch would happen just, uh, I think it was in Paris last week. Now they're on sale in South Africa. I mean, that's straight out of the Samsung playbook, right? Yeah, I think any, any player today needs to, or any cell phone manufacturer, I mean, we know how quickly news spreads and anticipation around a new product. You know, you lose a lot of momentum if it takes you two or three months to get mm. the product to South Africa. Mm. But it's only something that a global company can really push if they don't make enough stock available. And I think they've seen it. Huawei is really on a path for 
know, to take on those top two spots. Uh, yeah. Top yeah. I mentioned last week that I've been playing with a Mate 10 Pro and I'm very, very impressed with that phone. It's more of a business-focused phone. It's a, a phablet, I think uh, you could safely call it. Um, six and a half inch screen, I think. Um, or six inch somewhere in that ballpark region um, and it's a very very impressive device and uh, now with the p20 and p20 pro huawei really has an excellent lineup of smartphones that can compete with the best including samsung and apple yeah i was looking at the price of the hind one i think it was just under sixteen thousand rand yes. for the p20 pro which i mean it's still on par with a lot of the other guys but it's a lot cheaper than the iphone the iphone x uh, which, you know, in my opinion, would be the one that you can kind of put this up against going forward, like a really good Android phone versus the Apple. Uh, yeah, for sure. So the one thing that's... Options now. The one thing that uh, um, Huawei has done, and they're not the only Android manufacturer to do this, but uh, one of the controversial things they've done, of course, is include a notch at the top of the phone, which houses the uh, front-facing camera, but which, by the way, is a 24-megapixel shooter. Front-facing, <laughs> it's almost unheard of. Oh, taken to the next level, eh? Yeah, um, this phone is uh, is certainly something that uh, that I'm, I'm actually uh, phones have become a bit me too. Uh, you know, incremental updates. This one seems to take a bit of a leap forward, but it's got this notch. But what I really like about the fact what, what they've done is that you can switch it off. Um, so if if you don't like the notch being there, you simply go into a setting on the phone, the notch setting, I think it's called. And uh, you can um, you can disable it, so it just puts black bars uh, left and right of it. So um, if it does bug you, you can simply switch it off, which you can't do on the iPhone 10. Um, and uh, the other thing that it does is when you fire up a video on YouTube, for example, it automatically puts a black bar there, so um, it does, isn't distracting when you're watching uh, a video, which I think yeah. is a very clever idea. It's a very clever idea, and I'm surprised Apple hasn't done something like that. Mm. Wait for uh, the next version of iOS, I'm sure. Yeah, are they going to be me too, for once? <laughs> well, actually, for always. Yes, <laughs> yeah, for, sure. for sure. For sure. So was there anything else about the Huawei that... that uh, I mean, we, we spoke about this as well last week, the, the fact that the Americans are, um, are shunning this company and it, the, the, the almost jingoistic approach that, that the Americans have taken to Chinese um, electronics companies. These phones are not going to be easy to get in America. If you want to buy the P20 Pro in the US, good luck. You're not going to find it through your operator. Um, but in the rest of the world, there's huge interest and huge demand in, in these, these products. And I, I do wonder if the Americans aren't just shooting themselves in the foot. Because it, I was listening to an American podcast, I forget which one, uh, earlier this week. And uh, the, one, of the, one of the guests on the podcast said, uh, you basically have two choices now when you go and buy a high-end phone at an American operator. You either get an Apple or you get a Samsung. Yeah, I mean, look, I've seen a lot of Huawei's around in South Africa. So mm. in terms of just in people's hands, the brand is definitely picked up. Yeah, no, it's, there's no doubt about it. Everywhere in the world except for America. Except for America, yeah. They, look, they are definitely shooting themselves in the foot but I mean, it's 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 broader political situation there, you know, in, initiated by the Trump uh, yeah. government. You know, it's they are shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, more fun for the rest of us. Maybe that's why we got them. So <laughs> maybe I, I just I just find it bizarre that um, I, I find it quite odd that the big American network operators are so readily just say, well, okay, we're not going to carry Huawei devices. Um, you know, you the, I think it could show you the power of the U.S. government and the influence over if they. They make it difficult for these operators to bring in the products, whether it's tariffs or 
it's an outright you're not allowed to there's no legal requirement stopping them from doing this um but there is definitely political pressure being brought to bear on um on these operators and they've they've kind of just fallen over and said okay we're not going to sell huawei phones i I find it bizarre i mean it's it's like the south african government's like having a tiff with uh i don't know um finland and saying uh okay guys operators we don't want you to sell nokia branded phones anymore because we don't like those guys and then vodacom and mtn saying okay we're not going to sell nokia phones on our network it's the same thing it's just weird yeah it is very very interesting i mean aren't a lot of those operators also using huawei Back in, I mean, aren't there a lot of Huawei servers around the world? I'm sure. I'm sure there's a Huawei equipment in the in the American companies, but this, I don't know. It's it's just, it it seems like uh, nationalism gone haywire. Um, And and now Trump, of course, is involved in this uh, escalating trade war with China. Um, Where does it stop? I mean, you ban one phone. What I mean, most every every phone that's manufactured on Earth comes from. Far East, right, or from the East. Everything, even the Apple is made, even the iPhone is made in China. Where do you draw that line between which phone from which area, region do you? Hmm. you know, it's very easy to then stop the likes of or, or the bigger brands too. I mean, yeah. It doesn't make sense why would they would do that, but I mean, yeah, this Huawei thing also doesn't make sense. If there was spyware built into these phones that Huawei sells, um, they'd be, it'd be discovered, right? I mean, people would reverse engineer them, check the software, it would be known, and then Huawei would be dead. So Huawei, Huawei surely would not. Uh, I mean, we all know that China is is not a democratic state, but we we, we also know that um, you know that uh, if they were to do something like that, then they'd be dead in the water. If if in any country where there was found to be any sort of spyware or or listening device or anything built into those devices, and it's being reported back to Huawei or to the Chinese government or so, to some other entity. Huawei would be dead as a company because people just would stop buying their phones like that. And I'm sure the Americans have got a, some engineers on that trying to figure that out. Uh, of course, know, the N- NSA is looking software. for backdoors all the time in, 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 in software products and, and devices, etc. Yeah, not many things that Trump has said or done has really made sense in a presidential term <laughs> for a president to do, right? So... <laughs> Another one of those weird things. Yeah, Let, let's move swiftly along before we. Oh, start. yeah, please. This is not a political show. Yeah, indeed. Uh, indeed. Um, in fact, we need to take a quick ad break for our podcast listeners, our live stream listeners, YouTube watchers, etc. We will be back right now. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehart? Thank you. Good, thanks. We are live streaming on YouTube for the very first time. And uh, 
lots of learnings to, to be done here, but uh, it's working quite well so far, I think. Um, oh. Even though it's been, it took us an hour to, uh, to sort out, to troubleshoot some audio issues, but it seems to be working okay now. It's called experimentation then. Experimentation, absolutely. And uh, no better way to, to learn quickly than to do it live. Oh, yeah. So, um, Martin von Staden, who is, um, I think, an advisor, or he works at the, or I think he consults to the Free Market Foundation, uh, he sent us a piece this week um, on Spectrum in South Africa, and he made an impassioned argument for there to be um, basically unfettered um, Spectrum trading in South Africa. And this is a position I, I actually agree with, and it's something that's actually contained, I think, in the National Development Plan. Uh, there's a section in there, a paragraph in there on uh, on spectrum trading, um, and why not? Um, everything else is traded. Why not spectrum? Um, it is a limited resource, but surely the best way of of um, ensuring that a limited resource is used um, most efficiently is to enable the market to decide what the value of that spectrum is. Uh, and and to use it and to sell it um, as appropriate. At the moment, we are in a situation where the regulator, uh, an agency of government, uh, decides that this operator, this operator, and this operator is going to get this spectrum based on these conditions, etc., etc., etc. Why not uh, approach it from the perspective of saying, uh, okay, let's just open it all up and let anyone who wants the spectrum buy it? Maybe apply a couple of rules to that, like don't hoard it. If you don't use it, if you're not using it, maybe you have to hand it back. Well, I'm not even sure that's necessary um, because there's value associated with it and, uh, and pe- people would, uh, you know, if, if, if someone doesn't use it and there's a big value associated with that spectrum, then, um, then, then um, a company is quite likely to sell it um, if they can get a, a good price for it. So why not create a spectrum trading market in South Africa um, for all, all commercial spectrum? Now, I know some spectrum has to be reserved for defense purposes and, and that sort of thing, but certainly for all commercial spectrum. I and mean, I'm not just talking spectrum outside the so-called high demand bands. I'm including 2G, 3G, and 4G spectrum. So if one of the operators, for example, um, isn't doing well and it's, it's lost a lot of customers and it actually doesn't need that big chunk of spectrum it has anymore, why not be able to go to, uh, into a spectrum market, just into the market broadly, and say, well, actually, we don't need this little three megahertz sliver of spectrum over here. Is anyone interested in buying this? And, and then maybe another operator, I'm not going to use any names, maybe another operator which is doing very well and needs access to more spectrum because it's, it's running out of bandwidth, well, says, well, actually, there is a value to that. And they get into a commercial negotiation and the smaller operator that's not doing well sells that chunk of spectrum to the bigger operator and makes, I don't know, five billion rand from, from that sale. I mean, there's huge value in, in, in spectrum assets. Um, I, I don't know where this has been tried in the market. I know there's, a, there's quite a lot of active spectrum trading that goes on in the United States. Um, I think the EU less so. I think the EU is more like our model here where there's more of an assignment of spectrum rather than operators just trading spectrum amongst one another. But um, I, I've looked at it and I, I, can't, I can't see a reason why it wouldn't work. Um, this is just another asset. It's not something that needs to be controlled necessarily. Um, sure, there need to be rules and the regulator needs to put in place rules about you know, the, the amount of power these, these, these um, uh, base stations are allowed to output, for example. You've got to have rules about interference and all that sort of thing. 
But why not allow for the trade of exclusive use spectrum? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Rechard, but um, it, it just makes, seems to make sense to me. I'd love to, um, maybe we can get a, a, a telecoms regulatory expert on the show at some point to talk through this in some more detail. Um, but uh, it seems to me to be the most efficient way of making sure that spectrum is used um, effectively. After, I think populated after and utilized correctly. Um, not like you said, lying around somewhere, not being. I think it, it's the best way to manage a scarce commodity, scarce mm. asset that, you know, we live on every day. We can't, we need to have these things and we need to have them mm. used for the right things. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the one one potential risk is that you're going to have a dominant operator that then goes and buys up all the spectrum and hoards it and says, okay, we're not going to share this with anybody. We should have competition commission or competition rules or, you know, I, I guess there's a way to still prevent a monopoly, mm -hmm. uh, even with an open system. Maybe you have a rule that says a, one operator is not allowed to own more than a certain amount of spectrum. Um, and if it does, it needs to make available a certain percentage of that. I don't know. I mean, that's probably... Yeah. They, 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 it would have to be carefully thought through, I think, and, 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 and there would be, have to be rules around it. But I think in principle... Um, keeping it as free as possible and allowing um, the exchange and sale of spectrum between licensed entities, um, and I think they'd have to be licensed entities, um, makes sense. Uh, but uh, I'd, love, I'd love South Africa to be having this conversation at the very least. Um, uh, you know, at the moment there's just this assumption that uh, um, the regulator and the government knows best and, and they must decide who gets access to these chunks of spectrum. Um, you know, the thinking being that there's a thought process that's gone on behind this, but the regulator and the government are never as good as the market in determining how a piece of property, which is what this is in effect, can be effectively used. Um, uh, and I think, I think if you were to allow tradability of spectrum, then it would, it would clear up a lot of inefficiencies and, uh, uh, which exist in, in the current model. Um, but, uh, you can work out the inefficiencies uh, in such a system regardless. But <clears throat> it seems to, you know, you, you're giving the power to a community to manage this resource. Yeah, let the market decide. Yeah, yeah. Not the government or the regulator, which are not actually um, in a position to be able to make the right decisions. The market will ultimately make the right decisions, I think. Maybe I'm maybe I'm coming at this from a too much of a libertarian perspective. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, um, I'm going to do some more research on it and maybe see how it's worked in America and uh, whether there are any markets that have gone for full unfettered uh, spectrum trading and how how it's um, how it's played out. For sure, but as with anything, too, I mean, if if the wrong people are trying to push their own agendas, then it's going to fall flat in case. With anything, I mean, we've seen some of we've seen some of those scenarios play out over the last decade or two. Yeah. Yeah. And so if it's managed properly, um, it's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Mm. Uh, you, you need the rules. You just, I, I don't think it even needs to be managed. I think you just need the ground rules. ICASA says, these are the rules. You may not do this. You may not do this. You may not do this. Um, and that's it. Just basic set of rules. And then, guys, go for it. Buy each other's spectrum. Do what you want to do. Let the market sort itself out. Easy to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love the conversation to happen at least. Uh, it's, it's not happening at the moment. Um, we're not having enough of these conversations. We're not playing with the right ideas. We, you know, we always seem to be fighting issues that's happening. We're seem to be, you know, trying to be reactive as opposed to trying to be proactive with these technologies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So um, the last thing I wanted to talk about this week was, uh, and I just need to get it up on my screen here because I've actually closed it, was um, MTN. And uh, they put out uh, a very detailed uh, set of annual reports this week uh, uh, for the 2017 financial year to the 31st of uh, December. And um, they put out a sustainability report, which includes a whole section on uh, in, in the environment. Uh, and it's, it's the most detailed report like this I have seen from, certainly from the, the telecoms operators in South Africa. And the amount of detail that MTN has disclosed in its annual filings here is unbelievable. I mean, they, I'm, I'm sure they don't have to, under corporate governance rules, um, release the amount of data they have, but their annual report and, and all the supplements to the annual report are absolutely fascinating. But Rachel, have a listen to these numbers, right? We all know that um, telecommunications in Africa is, is a tricky business because of power supply issues. Uh, in many of these markets, like MTN is, is the biggest operator in Nigeria, and Nigeria has all sorts of problems with electricity supply. Um, so they have to burn a lot of diesel, um, which is obviously bad for the environment. Um, and they, they, the sustainability report goes into detail about how they're trying to, re, to um, reduce their reliance on, um, on, on energy sources that push out carbon emissions. And they're making progress in rolling out solar-powered base stations and all that sort of thing. Um, but if you, if you listen to some, look at some of these numbers, it's absolutely uh, staggering. Um, so MTN consumed 300, wait for this, 375 million liters of diesel in 2017. Wow. That's scary. It's unbelievable, actually. 375 million. They must have a lot of base stations which are running on diesel 24 hours a day. Which, yeah, I mean, is it because of infrastructure or is it because of cable theft? That's, that would be interesting to see what uh, the reason for that. I think, it's, I think in, in, in markets outside South Africa, it's largely um, the lack of a reliable power supply from the utilities. Um, you know, just constant blackouts, and you know, MTN operates in in, uh, in 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 very underdeveloped markets in some instances. I mean, Nigeria is obviously a, a, a more advanced developing economy, but some of the markets in which it operates, South Sudan, for example, um, you know, I can't imagine that the infrastructure there is is developed at all, really. Um, and I'd, I'd imagine that those base stations that they run in that country are are mostly, um, if not powered by solar, powered by, by burning diesel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they've got heavy investment into the solar side of things mm. as well. Yes. But in some cases, obviously, you need more power. Yeah. You need more, more. Yeah, yeah. So they also consumed 3.2 uh, kiloliters of petrol. Okay, that's not so much. Um, uh, it's mainly diesel. Um, and their total electricity co consumption in, in 2017 was 1.4 million megawatt hours. Uh, their total energy consumption was 19.1 billion gigajoules. Um, wow. These are massive numbers and um, uh, really, really interesting that MTN has uh, provided in, in, their, in their sustainability report this level of reporting, this level of detail. Um, you know, they say efforts undertaken over the past seven years have resulted in total in alternative energy sites leased from tower management companies growing to just over 5,000 by the end of December 2017. Uh, and MTN itself operates 3,200 odd solar and solar hybrid sites and has a total of 12,758 energy efficient sites. Um, so, and they say that as a result of this over the seven year period, they've cu cumulatively uh, used um, 17,800 kiloliters less diesel 
and saved 38,000 uh, megawatt hours of electricity and avoided um, 69,000 uh, tons of carbon emissions in that period uh, as a result of energy efficiency moves. But still, they're burning a lot of diesel and pushing out a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Um, so telecoms, as I said in the headline on the story, telecoms is a dirty business, um, uh, certainly in Africa. Uh, just to bring, uh, to bring us our data and our phone calls from yeah. our smart device. Yeah. And of course, it's in their interest to move to energy-saving alternatives and, and, and um, alternative energy sources like solar, um, uh, if, if not just you know, not just because it's good for the environment, but um, hopefully in the longer term will uh, be more cost-efficient as well yeah. and more reliable. One 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 would hope. Um, although in, you know, installing these things with big, massive, deep cycle batteries uh, can't be can't be cheap either. And those batteries are lucrative, you know, especially in, in areas where these batteries are not protected. Yeah, uh, yeah. They'll probably get stolen more readily than generally. Yeah, probably. Yeah, in fact, we've seen that in South Africa. I know the operators have a big problem with the theft of batteries from, from their sites, and uh, um, some of the operators are coming up with, um, I think it's pointing, in fact, uh, I could be wrong, that developed a solution, basically a concrete bunker, um, probably nuclear bomb-proof, um, <laughs> where they put their batteries inside uh, to stop them from being stolen. Um, so it is a big problem, especially here in South Africa, with, uh, with battery theft at base stations. Um, the demand for energy storage and just accessibility. Mm. Uh, yeah. And like the pretty charged into power mobile devices. Yeah. You know, yeah. How, how it's become in our society. It's, it's definitely food, water, sulfur. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's our, our news this week. Uh, let's move on to our regular features. Let's start with our winner and loser of the week. Uh, our winner this week is um, Spotify. Uh, they listed this week in New York, and it was a successful uh, listing. Um, their market cap as of yesterday, I haven't, uh, actually the markets haven't opened today yet, but their market cap of, as of yesterday was $26 billion. Um, uh, pretty much, apparently pretty much in line with, uh, with expectations, but $26 billion for a company uh, that lost one and a half billion dollars last year and has no clear path to profitability is quite a valuation. Um, so investors are, are keen on Spotify quite clearly and um, the company had a successful listing. Um, I'm still using Spotify. I'm quite uh, quite impressed with it. You're still using Spotify as well, I think, Rafael. Yes, loving it. I'm, I'm, I still flip between the others because I'm doing continual righteous comparison and testing. But one of the best things about Spotify and something I've just picked up over the last two weeks is, you know the music algorithm that recommends songs for you? Yes. You have a playlist and you kind of just play your playlist with your tunes you like. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the end of the playlist, it'll just continue playing music based on the stuff that you like. Oh, that's nice. Fantastic, right? So your, your, your music doesn't come to an end at the end of the playlist. It can keep, uh, keep on. And it's come to a point where I, I can't remember the song on my playlist, but it's good. Like, I would have added it to it, you know? Yeah. And it's all music that I haven't heard before, which is... Yeah, the discoverability on Spotify is fantastic. It's, um, it's I really discovered it to be that good. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Very often, if I'm feeling lazy or I'm in a rush, sitting at my desk, I'm listening to some music, I just fire it up and play, my, play one of my daily playlists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it also, again, I want to mention this, the, the social aspect of it. I mean, if you, if you follow the right people, so I can see when you listen to music and I can see the tunes like yeah. Every now and then I would click on it to listen to it and I'd save it to my playlist. It's a nice way of discovering the music. Yeah, much, much easier to navigate than other guys. Than other guys. Yeah, yeah. I saw you playing uh, Aqua's Barbie Girl the other night. Mm, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't you. Okay. 
Best of the 90s album that I was listening to. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I wouldn't expect you to listen to that. Really. <laughs> Actually, a lot of hard stuff coming from your, um, your playlist. I mean, it's a lot of progressive rock. Yeah, I love my prog rock and prog all metal. And, and, rock, yeah. so what's that? It's all prog rock. Yeah, yeah, 70s onwards, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, actually, 70s and then the prog kind of died in the 80s and 90s and it's made a solid comeback in recent years. Mm. Um, and yeah, a lot of it's on Spotify, of course. So, um, yeah, <laughs> loving the service. Yeah, yeah. Our, our loser this week is one um, president from the United States by the name of Donald J. Trump. And uh, I, I picked him as our loser this week because he... Um, because of his, his uh, attacks on Amazon.com, which uh, make no sense to me at all. Um, he's claim, he claims that uh, Amazon is damaging the U.S. Postal Service, although the U.S. Postal Service has said in the past Slurred that... as a result. What's that, Rechard? Sorry, it's probably slurred as a result. Yes. Uh, sorry, I picked up some feedback on the line there. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, it, it, they say that they have profited from the Amazon relationship. Um, which I, I think what you were saying there with the line line disappeared a bit, yeah. uh, and um, so he's he's on the, a war path against Jeff Bezos, and I can't quite figure out why. I do wonder if it's got anything to do with the fact that Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, which is a newspaper that's been quite critical of Trump since he was elected as president. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect that that may have something to do with it. Well, if you've been looking at what Trump's recent moves have been and his decisions, you know, he's very much closing up the states and he's trying to probably have more control over more of what's happening with the country by trying to regulate these type of things. He's a nationalist. Um, you know, he's not your, I don't think he's your, your uh, typical Republican. Um, uh, you know, the Republicans, I think, certainly historically have been pro-global trade, pro-globalization, pro-markets. Uh, Trump, is, um, Trump is, 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 is definitely coming from a, a very nationalistic position. He's, he's starting trade wars. He's, he's, um, he's, he's almost an anti-globalization president. Um, so it's a bit odd that he you know, was elected on a Republican ticket. Um, Look, you should, I mean, I was going to pick, this is one of my picks this week, but I would highly recommend you watch that Netflix uh, series Dirty Money. Yeah. The last episode in the series is all about Trump and how he basically got to where he is now. Oh. It is shady, man. It is shady stuff. You have to watch that. Dirty but, Money. Uh, yeah, Dirty Money on Netflix. Um, that's probably what you heard just now with the promo popping up. Okay. I'll, I'll watch it this weekend for sure. For sure. First one in the season is uh, on BW, also about that. But we're getting off track. But it's a fantastic series. But the one on Donald Trump, uh, I'll just go straight, straight to that it. one. And watch the last it. episode. I'll do that. Uh, I'll do. I might it's even do it this evening. Pretty scary to see how uh, 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 the perception of power, yeah, money can can get you a lot of place. No, no, the guy's a lunatic in my, in my view. Anyway, um, anyway, so he's our loser this week, Donald Trump, for his attacks on Jeff Bezos and Amazon.com. Uh, Rechard, what is your uh, pick this week? So, you may have seen me, if you've been watching this video, you would have seen me sipping on this beautiful beer. And the reason, I don't normally, would, I wouldn't normally pick a beer for my pick of the week, but because I, this is very limited, you're not going to find this again unless you rush out and get it now. But it's a collab between Ager Project and Mad Giant, but it's a crypto collab double IPA. I just love the name, crypto collab, it is fantastic. What's the connection with crypto? 
No, it's just a bunch of geeks brewing it. <laughs> right, okay. They probably, probably bought some Bitcoin and maybe you know, use Bitcoin to do the beer. I'm actually, I'm meeting them next week. They've got an event at Mad Giant, all you can drink uh, of this beer. Um, so I'm going to have a proper catch up with them and see what the double, uh, the crypto color is all about. But it's a beautiful beer. Um, and with that digital connotation, that's my pick for the week. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a stretch, but we'll, uh, we'll let you know. But it is good. <laughs> I kind of gave my pick away with the, the dirty money. So we've got two. Two for the price of one. Great stuff. Either. Okay. Great stuff. Uh, and that's an IPA, double IPA, did you say? Double IPA. Oh. 7% of beautiful optimus. Beautiful. I'll have to try some sometimes. Flavor, yeah. And then, I mean, if anybody is interested, this is third pick from us. I mean, I really love this uh, SSD. Um, yeah, if, if you haven't got M.2 memory in your, in your, on your motherboard, I would advise you to invest in it if you can afford it. Okay. But it, unfortunately, it does require you buying a whole new computer, basically. Well, if your mother, a lot of motherboards support it, um, and you can get you can get cards, add-on cards that plug into it. Um, I don't know how many of them are available in South Africa. Yeah. But ways to get that uh, SSD directly onto that PCI there. Okay. My pick this week is an app. I think it's available for more than uh, just iOS on the iPad, um, but um, I'm picking the iPad version specifically because it's a great reading device. I'm sure you can use an Android tablet as well. Um, and that is a product, an app called Press Reader. Um, it's quite a well-known app, uh, but it's got all the South African newspapers in it. And I, I really um, don't like, If I, I often want to read an, an article that's in a newspaper, and sometimes it's not available on their website, or it's behind a paywall. Um, so what I do is I, um, I fire a press reader and I just buy the newspaper um, once off. And it's usually cheap, half the price of the of the newsstand uh, copy, and they've got all the sub major South African newspapers and a lot of magazines as well. Um, I, I read the Sunday Times, for example, on Press Reader, um, but they've got the Citizen, Business Day, all the, all the titles that, that we all know. Mm. And um, you can—it's a very simple app to use, and you can uh, you can simply buy an issue, or you can subscribe to to a, to a, to, a, to, a, to a publication for a period of time, uh, which I've done with the Sunday Times. Um, and it works so well, um, and you don't end up with newspaper all over your house, uh, which um, I suppose, which is I suppose, for, I suppose useful sometimes uh, for uh, for uh, your dogs and stuff. But <laughs> but um, I I prefer reading on my iPad, and uh, the Press Reader app works very well for that. It, um, it the interface is a little confusing at times, uh, but once you get used to it, it, it works well. And um, so I do a lot of reading on, on Press Reader now on my iPad. So it's a it's a cool app, and I don't think I've picked it before. So, so how does how does it work? I mean, if you read a newspaper, does it actually have the entire newspaper in front of you that you kind of zoom in and just. Like That's right. imagine. It's like a PDF of the of the publication. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what file format's using. It may even be using PDF. I'm not sure. Yeah. So it's the actual newspaper you're reading on your iPad, um, which I like as well because uh, a lot of design you don't see it anymore on, on, on the web. Um, certainly not to the same extent. Uh, a lot of effort goes into um, into crafting a newspaper and deciding you know the headline size and um, what pictures to use and how big to use them and what pull quotes to put in and you know what you're actually going to put on the front page what what is the main story what is the secondary story uh, what gets relegated to page three or page five um, and I, I still like that I mean I grew up in newspapers um, you know I, I worked at uh, the Financial Mail for many years and, and before that I was involved in trade uh, pub publishing in print 
And uh, I know, you know, there's a, there's, it's a craft and, um, you know, reading a newspaper in that sort of layout format uh, gives you a good feeling for how the news editor and, and, and everyone else involved in the newspaper decided uh, what's important that day. You don't get it on the web if you're reading an RSS feed or, or you know, a, a story, the big story two hours ago is already filtered down lower on the web page. Um, you're reading, if you're reading a newspaper, and sure, it's old news, it's yesterday's news, um, but if it's a good paper, then it's, I, I still... I still enjoy reading them, and uh, I don't think there are many great newspapers left in South Africa anymore, unfortunately. But um, you can also use Press Reader to uh, to read, read international titles, FT, Wall Street Journal, uh, etc. The world's newspapers are on there, um, so that's that's Press Reader for for um, specifically for the iPad, but it is available for Android and possibly other platforms as well. And Rahul, I think that's our show this week. Our first ever live streamed on. On the tube. On the YouTube. Nice. On the YouTube, yeah. Um, so uh, let's just do our quiz results. So our first question this week, why has US President Donald Trump been attacking Amazon.com? Well, officially anyway, and that's because he claims it's taking advantage of the US Postal Service. <laughs> Insert laugh to that. <laughs> second, uh, second question, former Dimension Data CEO Brett Dawson has pumped 10 million rand into which social media startup? The answer there is Gather Online. And which music streaming company listed in New York this week? And that is, of course, Spotify. Fourth question, which were the top-selling premium smartphone brands in South Africa in the fourth quarter of 2017, according to GFK Data? The answer is Samsung first, Huawei second, and Apple third. Yep, Huawei in second place. (laughs) And the last question in this week's quiz, Energy Minister Jeff Khadebe this week signed agreements with how many independent power producers getting South Africa's renewable energy program back on track? And the answer there is 27. And that's our show. Uh, As always, if you've got any feedback, info at techcentral.co.za is our email address. Uh, we will no doubt be live on YouTube again next week and on Spreaker, of course. And, of course, you can always catch the podcast after the fact, uh, either by playing it directly off the Tech Central website or subscribing it to in your favorite pod- podcatcher. Um, I recommend Pocket Casts. You could, of course, use uh, Apple's um, podcasting software. Is it iTunes still, Rehat, or is there, they've got a podcast app now? Um, um, there is iTunes. I don't use uh, that as much anymore. I don't know if they've got a podcast app, but I know it's in iTunes. Okay. So uh, whatever your favorite uh, podcatcher is, uh, you can find us there. Just search for Talk Central. Uh, If you're looking for our interviews that we do every week with industry leaders and other interesting people, uh, you can search for Tech Central. The Tech Central podcast is where we do that. And, of course, Rechart has recently launched The Best in Tech, uh, which is a uh, look at, how would you describe it? A look at consumer tech and uh, talking to interesting people. Tech and talking to cool people, yeah. Yeah. The cool people behind the tech. I've got two lined up, which we will launch. I am a bit behind, but uh, we will launch them next week. Uh, two fantastic podcasts. Um, I don't want to give away too much. No, don't do that. We'll keep everyone in suspense. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, The Best in Tech is the name of that show, and you should find it in your favorite podcatcher if you just search for The Best in Tech. So until next week, from Rechard and myself, cheers. Okay.